But we also see a strong correlation between the manner in which our free cash flow is valued, whether you want to call that a free cash flow multiple on the one hand or a free cash flow yield. Right now, that number for us is still in the mid-teens. We do not think that reflects the relatively low risk proposition that our company deserves. And there is a strong correlation between quality of credit rating and lower free cash flow yield or higher free cash flow multiple. So it was really with an eye towards the equity side um, that we embarked on this journey towards first investment grade metrics and later investment grade. And yeah. because we've evolved the risk of our model, we believe we deserve a better risk rating to go along with that. And we're sympathetic in understanding with the folks at the rating agencies that that doesn't happen overnight. And in much the same way, we have to continue to execute as we did this year, as we fully expect to next year, to demonstrate through performance that we in fact are delivering on that reliable stream of cash flows. And I think that will come with time. The first step was getting the metrics where we think they ought to be. The next step is leaving no doubt in the minds of our investors and the rating agencies that in fact, the lower risks of our businesses we see them manifests themselves in reality. Hello and welcome to the Stock Podcast. I'm Nate Abercrombie, the host of the only investing podcast that gives everyone the chance to hear public company CEOs and CFOs describe their business and provide the investment case for their company. In this episode, the Stock Podcast is really excited to bring you a follow-up interview with Kirk Andrews, the CFO of NRG Energy, ticker symbol NRG. When this interview was recorded, NRG had a market cap of $9.8 billion, total debt of $5.8 billion, and cash on the balance sheet was just over $240 million, putting the total enterprise value at almost $15.4 billion. Under the GICS classification system, NRG falls within the utility sector. Full disclosure, I'm a long-term NRG shareholder, and I have no intention of selling any shares. The reasons why are quite straightforward. NRG's business model has changed from the cyclical merchant power provider of the past. The company is on the path to investment grade. It generates a ton of free cash and those cash flows are stable, at least a lot more stable than the market gives the company credit for. But before we get to the interview, I ask that you consider something for a moment. One of the goals of the stock podcast is to chip away at a key advantage that institutional investors have over the average investor. And one of those advantages is corporate access. Corporate access is a term used in professional investing, which is basically the chance to sit down with a senior management team from a public company and get to hear the investment case straight from the guys and gals who are running the company. And institutional investors pay hundreds of millions of dollars every year to have access to management. But I'm giving this to you for free. However, there are still some tangible costs associated with running a podcast, not to mention the intangible opportunity costs for me. For that reason, I ask that you consider supporting the podcast. And there's a lot of different ways that you can lend some support. Donations are certainly the most impactful. And if you'd like to make a contribution to the podcast, just go to the website, thestockpodcast.com, and click on Donate. Alternatively, you could subscribe, either on the website or on the podcast app that you use. And another new way for you to support the podcast is by going to the episode page and look at the sidebar. You'll see a red lion's head. It's the Brave Browser link. If you click on that, download, install, and use it, Brave sends some cash my way. And if you haven't heard about Brave, 
you should really check it out. It looks and works just like Chrome, but there's a privacy element to it. Anyway, you should really check it out. And then finally, you can support the program by spreading the word. Please just take a moment to tell somebody who you think might get something out of these types of interviews about this podcast. All right, I'll stop there. Let's get to the interview with NRG Energy's CFO, Kirk Andrews. Kirk, thank you very much for coming back onto the program. It's always a pleasure to have you on the Stock Podcast. So thanks, thanks a million for coming back on for a follow-up interview. You bet, Nate. Happy to join you. For listeners who maybe haven't heard the first Kirk Andrews interview, could you provide us with just a very brief overview of what NRG does? And who you are, by the way. Sure. Absolutely. So, well, first of all, I'm uh, Kirk Andrews, the Chief Financial Officer at NRG Energy. His ticker is NRG. I've been uh, Chief Financial Officer here for the last eight years, actually. Um, And NRG, in a nutshell, uh, we are a power company, but that always tends to make people think of utilities. Um, And the distinction there is... In some parts of the country, uh, the price of electricity, the price you pay on your power bill is completely regulated by the state that you live in. Um, In other parts of the country, like in particular the Northeast and Texas, where it's the predominance of our business, power is deregulated, which means the, the, the only charge on your bill that is regulated by the state is the charge for the owner of the poles and the wires. And that's basically what we would still refer to as the utility. Everything else, uh, the generation, the power plants uh, are all privately owned by different companies, including ourselves, sometimes private investors, sometimes public companies, and the right to sell power to end-use customers, which we refer to as retail, is also deregulated. So if you lived in one of those states, you may have seen advertisements for you know, uh, soliciting you to consider changing your electricity provider, and that means you're not changing off the utility in that state, which because there's only one owner of the poles and the wires, but you are changing who you're getting the electricity from. So NRG is in both ends of that value chain. We are in the deregulated power plant business and we have a large retail business. So uh, the power plant business, the price of wholesale electricity, as we call it, is determined by what the marginal cost of the next unit that needs to be incented to turn its plant on in order to supply the next megawatt of demand. And the retail price of electricity is really, you know, completely driven by market forces uh, that that can be set by individual retailers. And it is a truly competitive market on that end. Yeah, thanks for that explanation. And so, you know, over for many years, NRG and a few other companies were known as the IPPs or the independent power producers. And I, I believe it was you guys at NRG who really started kicking off, well, you've created this new business model, which is an integrated power producer, which really focuses on, you know, those elements that you just described. But I'm, I'm curious how, you know, over the past couple of years now, how have those conversations been going with investors? Is it hard for them to wrap their heads around what you guys are today compared to what you guys were before, uh, you know, whatever it was, 2016, 2015. I mean, you were the same company, but it was this new message that you were getting out. And I'm curious if it's hard for investors to wrap their head around. Yep. What makes that challenging where investors are concerned are twofold. Number one, you know, NRG and, you know, other companies like it, you know, and we generate a significant amount of excess free cash flow. That's the 
cash that our business generates above and beyond what's necessary to kind of keep the existing you know business afloat, if you will, which gives us a lot of degrees of freedom. And in the past, we call that capital allocation, i.e. what are we going to do with those dollars? Those dollars were invested in all sorts of different, you know, early stage evolving technologies and very difficult to get your head around the business model and where the capital was going. So that was one challenge we faced that I think we've largely remediated in sort of refocusing on our core competencies, which I'm happy to go into. The other challenge about that is, you know, you mentioned IPP or independent power producers. NRG and companies like it didn't start out in both the power and the retail business. We were simply in the power generation business. And when that's the case, as I mentioned in response to your earlier question, since the price of electricity rises and falls with whatever the marginal cost of the next megawatt that has to switch on in order to supply the demand, um, the wholesale price of electricity can be relatively volatile. Um, it tends to be the case that the what we call the marginal unit or the next megawatt of power plant that needs to turn on um, in the past, and that's still largely true today, tends to be a power plant that's fueled by natural gas. And when that's the case, that means the price that that power plant or the cost of that power plant to generate that megawatt is simply what is the price of natural gas and how many BTUs of natural gas does that price, does that power plant need in order to produce a megawatt of electricity? Which means that since the price of power is a derivative of natural gas, then the price of power rises and falls with natural gas prices. And, you know, there's also a supply and demand and a weather element of that, obviously. But it produces, when you simply are in the power plant business, uh, a business that's very much commodity cyclical. And I think a lot of investors remember the days where the price of electricity rise and fall, and so does also the profitability of the underlying company. What makes that different in today's world is we talked about retail. You know, starting in about 2009, we were a first mover and beginning to acquire retail businesses. We've built up a retail franchise that especially within our core market, and that's Texas, we are almost perfectly matched between the amount of megawatts of power plants that we own on the one hand and the number of customers or, or load, and that's megawatt hours that we serve in that same market. And while the underlying price of electricity can still rise and fall, the price to the end use customer is a lot less volatile, right? Um, the, the retail price of electricity. So that means in days where the price of electricity is relatively high, the power plant side of the business tends to show a high degree of profitability. And because you're not necessarily gonna pass through every single change day to day in the power price onto your customers, that means the revenue rates on the retail side of our business stay relatively flat and you get a little bit less profitability out of the retail business. Now, obviously, if the power price falls, the opposite holds, right? You've got less profitability, what we call the generation side of the business, and you've got expansion in your margin holding that price constant to the end use retail customer. So that Really, the retail, in essence, a lot of people talk about retail being a hedge to wholesale, and it is in a way. It's really a volatility mitigant, and the challenge that we've had is helping our investors understand how our fortunes from a profitability standpoint, unlike the IPP model of the past, don't necessarily rise and fall financially one-to-one -one with the price of electricity. They are a lot more steady, a lot more predictable, and a lot more resilient than if it was the case as we were and many of our competitors were in the past, simply an owner of electric generation or power plants. Yeah, thanks for that. If there's one thing that I miss about being back at Janus, 
it's having the opportunity to sit down in some of these conferences where you explain it because you do a really good job of explaining it. But I guess that's also because you have so much practice. Cause you, you I was going to say, I get you, you took the words out of my mouth. I, I we do get a lot of practice. obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I would like to hear about just changes over the past 12 months or since you know the last time you came onto the podcast, but you mentioned core competencies and, and I, I would like to hear you just highlight what NRG's core competencies are. Sure. You know, and it, they, they speak directly to the two pieces of our business, which we tend to still externally, the way I just did in response to your question, have to talk about wholesale or power generation of the power plant side of the business on the one hand and the retail side of the business on the other hand. But internally, we tend to operate on a much more integrated basis. And if you think about it in a nutshell, the input cost is, hey, what are the efficiencies of all my plants? What is the fuel cost and how much of that I can manage? And fortunately, those prices and costs are relatively steady. And what price am I charging to my end use customer? Everything that happens in the middle, right, between the wholesale business and the retail business is really not as impactful to the bottom line of the performance of the business. And as we often say, you know, we are source agnostic as to some years, more of our profitability is going to be from what you call the retail business and less of it from the wholesale and other years, the opposite is true, but we're focused on delivering the bottom line performance of the consolidated profitability and the core competencies that allow us to do that are really twofold. Um, I am 100% confident saying we are best in class on the retail side of the business. First of all, I mentioned before, we were the first mover into the retail business. We have acquired retail businesses that are complementary, and we pursue a model where we market power complemented by other products and services to end-use customers through what we call a multi-brand, multi-channel strategy. We don't market everything under Reliant. We don't market everything just under NRG. We have multiple brands that appeal to different consumers' preferences, as you would in any consumer product type business, and through multiple channels, right? We, we don't just solicit things over the phone. Well, sometimes we sell door to door. Sometimes we generate a lot of customer leads through our relationships with the NFL. For example, NRG Stadium is where the Houston Texans play. So we have multiple channels and multiple products through which to sell the retail side. And we are the best in the business in terms of how to manage that and how to serve our customers well, right? Our number one goal around NRG, aside from safety, which is always number one, once you move beyond that, our number one operational goal is being customer focused. And I think we're the best in the business on that. And I also believe because we have a breadth of experience in managing the power plant business, we operate power plants of practically every fuel type, whether that's nuclear, coal, oil, natural gas, renewables, experience in all of those different things and our operational excellence in managing those plants both safely and reliably is also best in class. So our core competencies and our competitive advantages speak directly to what strengths you have to have in order to manage effectively both sides of that total value equation. If you'd like to continue listening to this interview, you'll need to become a member. To become a member, just visit stockpodcast.com. Members have access to all full-length episodes, and depending on the membership that you purchase, you can even have access to the transcripts. So just go to the website, thestockpodcast.com, and click membership at the top. Also, if you really enjoyed the music, you should check out Danheim. That's D-A-N-H-E-I-M. 
Mike at Danheim gave me permission to use the music for the podcast. And so a huge thanks to Danheim. And with that, take care and good luck with your portfolio.